Oh, well, all right. So, look, I'll try to tell this story. Yeah, that'd be great. After publishing the very first issue, uh, I had a meeting in Sydney at this restaurant called The Cosmopolitan, which used to be a restaurant in Double Bay. And I was there having my meeting, and then all of a sudden this big voice screamed out, Maury Schwartz. And I looked up and there was Sandy Goodman, ostentatious, and he was at the very other end of the of this space. And he said, what does it mean? I said, what's what mean? He said, Murray, what does it mean? What does your front cover mean? <laughs> so there it was. And what did it mean, Murray? I, I don't know. That's the whole thing. So this was your very first issue of The Monthly. Can you describe that cover to me? Uh, it, was, it was, what's the name? Sophie Lee, is it? And she's got her hand out and she's got this strange look on her face kind of, of bewilderment and it's gold. The whole cover is gold and this colour photograph of her on the front and in beautiful script the title is The Best of Times dot, dot, dot. And her expression was supposed to say, uh, is it the best of times or is it not? Is it the worst of times? Uh, but we tried too hard. We tried too hard and didn't really come off. Fifteen years ago, Schwartz Media launched The Monthly, a magazine dedicated to current affairs, politics, arts and culture. Today, to celebrate the magazine's birthday, we hear from its publisher, Maury Schwartz, and its current editor, Nick Fike. We're talking about The Monthly's journey and what it contributes to Australia's media landscape. This is a bonus episode of 7am, and I'm your host, Ruby Jones. Murray, can you start off by telling me when you started planning to have a magazine like The Monthly? Yeah, when I was about 14. That's pretty young to start thinking about having your own magazine. Yeah, maybe 14, maybe maybe 15. Now, look, I wasn't exactly planning, mm-hmm. but I I had a sense that I could, I could do a magazine like that. I could do a magazine. Uh, I used to, when I was 14 and 15, there was a place called McGill's, which was a news agency in Elizabeth Street in the city. And it was just a place of wonder. And it was the only place where you could buy The New Yorker. And that was the only place you could buy Esquire. And, you know, I'd read, you know, Norman Mailer and and I'd read Truman Capote and Gore Vidal. And it was what they told me about America. It's what they told me about the modern world, about modernity, you know, as a kid from the suburbs that I absolutely loved. And I thought, you know, one day I should have a magazine like this in Australia. Wow. And one day came. So <laughs> when did this vision of a magazine um, turn into something that you, when did you sort of realise that it could be a, a reality? You know when? It was probably a couple of years in from when we first published Quarterly Essay. Mm-hmm. So Quarterly Essay was maybe it was the year 2000, so about 2002. And I said to myself, okay, let's do it. And before you knew it, we had a magazine. Can you tell me about the process of putting together that first issue? It was painful. (laughs) Um, It probably took six months of planning, of thinking, of uh, working out what it might be like, what, what it might look like. And then, of course, you had to put the right people together. You had to have an editor. 
and you have to find distribution, design, the whole thing. What was the goal of that first edition? What were you trying to do? What we had here was a very tired and dying bulletin. Uh, the bulletin was on young people wouldn't even remember it anymore. It was a magazine that had been going for 120 years and it wasn't at all what I thought a magazine should be. It wasn't a magazine of great writing. It wasn't a magazine of great insight. It was a news magazine. What I wanted was uh, I wanted our great writers to tell us about Australia in the way that the 60s Esquire writers told about America. I wanted to see us through their eyes, through the writer's eyes. And it, it, it didn't take it long to be part of the culture. After the break, we'll speak to Nick Fike, the editor of The Monthly. When The Monthly launched in 2005, publisher Maury Schwartz summed up its ambition like this. If someone wanted to understand Australia, he said, all they needed to do was to read The Monthly. The magazine turns 15 this month and this ambition remains integral. With society changing before our eyes, quality independent journalism is critical. And thanks to the support of our readers, we look forward to another 15 years. Join in the birthday celebration today with a gift or personal subscription. Visit themonthly.com.au slash subscribe. Nick, you've been editing The Monthly for several years now. I want to start by talking about writing because that is so much a part of what defines the magazine. How do you approach working with writers? From first principles, I like to leave it to the writers to try to shape it in the way that best suits their style. I'm not a dictator in the way that I think it has to be done. And people find their own way into the story. Uh, And we're very lucky to work with the writers that we work with. They generally know how they want to tell a story, they'll find a way in. So it, it, in some respects, it's sort of just a case of giving someone enough, uh, enough scope, you know, enough time, enough words, and then you're, you're the reader at the end. And then there's various nips and tucks. And, but essentially, we're taking a reader's perspective at that point at the end and saying, you, you get a sense as an editor when when you when your own mind starts to drift as you're reading something, you think there's something going wrong at this point. We're losing the reader. We're losing me. So it needs to be sharpened up, tightened, or something needs to be done at that point. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so what makes a story a monthly story? Well, I think the, the interesting thing about commissioning for a magazine like the monthly, is the long lead time. You either need to be ahead of the news cycle, breaking something new, or at a point where you can summarise and and analyse what's happened. Look, the other thing is that, that the quality of the writing is always crucial for us. We have a lot of room to work on certain issues. So I think Jess Hill's domestic violence pieces 
I, I couldn't imagine another publication being able to run those sorts of stories, like at 5,000 5, words on domestic violence. Even she thought I was crazy when we commissioned that first essay. Uh, it turned out to be, obviously, had stellar sort of effect, turned into a book later. A lot of examples like that where you think, well, this is something that we can do that others can't. So, like, uh, Chloe Hooper's first tall man piece was an essay in the monthly several pieces by Anna Crean uh just yeah long long pieces mm-hmm. this might be a hard question but do you have a favorite monthly story one that you've come back to or one that's continued to resonate with you Ruby that's like asking if I have a favorite child <laughs> uh look I don't have a favorite story per se I certainly get a thrill out of working with great writers. So there's nothing quite like when a draft of a great essay arrives by someone like Helen Garner or Tim Winton and you you look at this and go, I'm barely required at this point. You will read it over and the prose is crisp and beautiful. That That's, that's really an unparalleled feeling for an editor. It's almost like you're not necessary. You can sit back and just enjoy this one. So That must be quite a feeling. It's a real privilege. But having said that, the genre of essay that I particularly, that I get another particular thrill out of is something by like an early career writer, a journalist in the early part of their of their writing, their development, who takes that opportunity of having thousands of words to work with and produces something that you know is going to be a defining piece. That's a real thrill. When you're at the very beginning of putting together an edition of the magazine, what are you thinking about? What is it that The Monthly does? I think, look... Good journalism has the same basic principles the world over, really. It's it's about process, it's about careful editing, it's about fact-checking, it's about testing arguments. In terms of commissioning, you know, our we are an independent magazine. We don't have strong particular editorial lines. So commissioning, it's really just a case of saying who's going to write this the best. This edition marks the 15th birthday for the monthly. Are you celebrating? Well, when we put it to press, I did celebrate by having a walk and then having a martini, (laughs) Uh, not necessarily in that order, but uh, it's hard to know how else to celebrate these milestones. I'm sure we would have had a party in, in other circumstances, but very, very proud of this issue as well, given the circumstances. It's the first issue we've, we did entirely remotely. You know, I think it's a really good one. So, yeah, we push on and, and hopefully other people celebrate the 15 years of publishing. And I, I do want to pay particular tribute to the earlier editors of the magazine, uh, in addition to Maury Schwartz, of course, but Chris Ryan and Sally Warhaft and John Van Tiglen and Ben the Pastek all were crucial in, in building the magazine up, so they deserve some champagne as well. Nick, thanks for coming in today. Thanks very much. The Monthly magazine is available to order online now. You can buy a copy from themonthly.com.au to help celebrate its 15th birthday. We'll be back with another episode of 7am on Monday. See you then.
With society changing before our eyes, quality independent journalism is critical. The monthly turns 15 this month and we celebrate thanks to the ongoing support of our readers. To become a subscriber or give a gift subscription, go to themonthly.com.au slash subscribe. Told about America. That was terrible. Can I start that again? <laughs> Cut. Okay. Um. <laughs> All right, I wanted that. All right, can I do now? <laughs> Clapboard. I wanted our great writers to tell us about Australia in the way that the 60s Esquire writers told about America. That's good. I like that.